Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. All right, welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nina Pantic, recording in Delray Beach with Irina Falcone. Irina, what's up? Hey guys, how's it going? And I'm joined here in Delray with Pat Cash. Hello, good morning. It is awesome to have Pat here. We're, uh, as I said, we're in Delray Beach recording at the ATP 250 event. And Pat, it's hard not to start with the most obvious. What brings you here? Well, the beautiful Florida weather. I decided to leave the perfect Australian summer and come here um, to, to Florida. I, like, I just like the beaches. So it happens to be a tennis tournament on here at the same time, ATP tournament. Um, uh, so uh, I'm doing a little bit of work with Brandon Nakashima. And um, we're, uh, as a, uh, what would be the word? I suppose a consultant at, that, at this stage. Um, and he's uh, we were supposed, supposed to be in California, but he ended up getting the wild card here. So I flew uh, from Brisbane to to um, to Florida to here, uh, Fort Lauderdale, losing my passport along the way. Um, which is, so it's been a quite an ad- adventurous forty eight hours. Uh, arrived, watched Brandon play when his first round. So that was um, it's, uh, and I slept very very well last night. <laughs> You sound very casual about that. Um, I would be freaking out if I lost my passport. So tell me how you're just not panicking right now. Um, I am. I was sort of panicking. So I've got I got dual citizenship. So my mum's American. So I've had a U.S. passport, and I was lucky that I had the two passports. Not that I could get in on the Australian one. You're not allowed to. If you're a U.S. citizen, you can only come in on the U.S. passport. But because I had the Australian passport, it's like it's sort of like real proof that who you are. And at the airport in Brisbane, when I was digging through my bag, I literally broke out into a sweat and was dripping through sweat as I'm looking through my carry-on bag, which is always there. It's always there. I'm like, where the hell is my passport? And uh, so I just went. I said, "Listen, I lost my passport." And they said, "Well, we'll, we'll talk to Im- U.S. Immigration." And they said, "I had the number. I had a photo of it on, on my phone and on my computer." And they checked it and they said, "Yeah, uh, you know, can you conf- to the airline? Can you confirm this is who it is? Because it could be just somebody saying." And they said, "Well, I've got his Australian passport, and it says has the same same details. So yes, it's the same person." I said, "All right, let him on. We'll lock him up for a while when we get to LA and check him out." And uh, so they did that. But the interesting thing was, well, as I was flying, we didn't know if Brandon was playing on Monday or Tuesday, and whether I was going to stay in LA or I'll get hop straight on the red eye and get over here. So. I'm locked in that this room and not allowed to use your phone, so I couldn't check with anybody. And I'm just thinking, I know my flight could be in any any moment, and uh, so it was just time was ticking away. And then finally, they just released me. Got outside, flipped, turned on the phone. They said, "Oh, your flight's in about three hours." So I was like, "Oh, okay," and I made it. You made there it. There you go. A red eye to Delray, yeah. and you watched Brandon win his first ATP match ever. But my yeah. biggest question: Don't they know who Pat Cash is? Can they just <laughs> Google you and be like, "Oh, yeah." Yeah, no, that doesn't Go work. Ahead. That doesn't work that way. You, um, you know, it's it's you've got to, <laughs> you've got to have all the, 
you know, you Americans do things slightly differently. Yeah, I, I mean, mean you, you. The anxiety of losing your passport, oh, I, I can't even imagine. But you made it here, wow. and you're you're doing a little bit of coaching in this case. You're kind of more advising. Did he reach out to you, or did his coach Bo reach out to you? How did this kind of impromptu situation um, unfold? It was through mutual friends, really. They they contacted me and said, uh, "Hey, listen, you got to work with this kid." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, uh, who is he?" Um, and uh, you know, they told me, hey, this is, this kid's really, you know, he's really dedicated, he's a good player, he's a good junior, and, and I said, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Um, having sort of worked on the WTA tour with Coco Vanderway for a couple of years, uh, I was interested to, to get a, a young player. I've been, I think that's, I worked with uh, uh, Alexi Popperin last year for the grass court season, and uh, and that was, that he did really well there, that worked really uh, really well and I think it's tends that you can sort of um, influence I suppose a younger player slightly better they, they, where their game is not uh, it's it's not set I suppose and and that's not a bad thing um, uh, so you can change some technical things and so I did that with Alexi with with uh, with pretty good success actually I think that worked really well for everybody and I thought well this is Probably where I want to go as a, as a coach for, for many years and at academy, I like working with younger players. And um, not that I don't like working with older players as well, but I think there's more room for improvement in those those, those sort of players. So, um, you know, I did my homework, as you as you got to do. And I said, okay, found out who he was. I talked to the USTA. I talked to his former coaches and said, hey, is this kid, what is this kid? You know, is he any good? Is he, has he got chance? Is he, what's his weaknesses? What's his strengths? And um, as I showed Brandon, I had a list. When I first we sat down and chatted with him. I talked, talked with his mom. I talked with you know everybody really to say, okay, what's what's the deal here? Because he's a young player, um, and you know he's just getting onto the circuit, um, and you know he hasn't hasn't got uh, uh, you know hasn't got the funds to. And this is the tricky thing, you know, with with academies and young players, they don't have the funds to to hire a uh, you know a, a name coach. So. You know, it's a gamble uh, for, for both sides, and the all the reports were that this he's very, very good and very dedicated. So I started watching all these matches on video, on, on live from a, from London and from Australia, and and just doing all the research and making notes and making notes. And I showed him the notes yesterday. He just looked at me. And went, well, you're kidding me. Uh, you know, it's the first time we've actually met yesterday, and, and but I've I've got the whole game plan all lined up for him, and we uh, we sat down and and. Um, uh, we talked a little bit through through the match. The, I had the stats already. I had everything ready for him, and I think he sort of thought, "Wow, is this how it's supposed to be?" And uh, so, yeah, so yesterday, I'll be sat down. I said, "Yeah, this is the way it's got to be." Okay, that bacon you had for breakfast and that sausage yesterday and the muffin finished. That's the last time you had that before you play a match. Uh, you know, and 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 he's he's, he's just sort of looking at me, going, uh, uh, "And the stretches you were doing, right? You can do them properly today." So. Uh, so you know that's that's part of being professional. That's sort of part of my job is to professionalize him, and he's uh, he's got a raw, raw talent. That's for sure. Yeah, I feel like I have like ten questions after yeah. listening to that spiel. Wow. I guess the the first off, um, first question: <laughs> Do you feel like you have a preference working with males or females more? No, not at all. Um, uh, I think um, if I'm really honest, I think. The male, the men is is um, uh, a longer, I'd say potentially a, a longer lead up time to being successful. So, uh, I think there is room 
for some talent, talented girls who you know can run hot, and we've seen that in the last couple of years where you know Asaka's come come through, uh, Andrescu's come through, um, you know Kennan's come through, uh, you know. So there's room to all of a sudden you run hot, and and after you know being on the circuit for a, a year or or a couple of years where you can be successful. I think that's very, very highly unlikely to happen in the men. Very unlikely. And I can't, I can't possibly see it. I think it's, it's a two, three, four-year plan. And um, uh, so there's, there's, plus and, there's, there's pluses and minuses with that. Um, the exciting thing is if you, know, if you get uh, you know, a, player, a female player in, in, in form, then you know, exciting things can happen instantly. But... Um, in the men, there's going to be a lot of setbacks, and you just got to be. Hey, this is. It's going to take a long time before you develop your strength to match it with Rafa Nadal. I mean, that's the bottom line. You got to play. You know, I said, Brandon, you're out there. You got to play against Rafa. Do you think you can beat him from the back of the court? And she goes, Well, no, not really. Okay, then. Well, you got to learn. We got to learn. Find a way to, to to do other things in your game. You know, are you willing to get into the net and learn the other sorts of things? And he's like, Yeah, I'm cool. Let's do it. So. You know that's that's the reality. He is here in the pros, and he may draw Rafa Nadal uh, if he gets a, if he get you know it's, let's say he gets a wild card, does well here, gets a wild card Indian Wells. He's got Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal first round. Okay, now now the less learning really starts. So, but you know let's have a game plan towards towards building that you can beat these guys. That's the the benchmark is outrageous. So. Um, yeah, you know, not to say that it's not you know you've got Serena Williams still out there playing, so that's that's outrageous. So as well, but there, there, I think you can. Uh, I think there is a little bit more room for in, quicker success. I wouldn't say instant success in in the in the WTA tour. There's something exciting though about Brandon because so because of how young he is. Not gonna lie, I haven't really heard of him. I don't know, Irina, if you have, but I did some stalking, and he only played one year at UVA and then turned pro. I mean, that takes some balls. One one semester, yeah, it's, yeah. It, there's, I mean, there's an amazing amount of talent out here in the US, and it's great to see it coming through because it's we we need US players uh, coming out. Um, you know, over the years when I first on, on the circuit, there was the circuit was really split between Europe and and the US. So you used to come over here, players wouldn't have to leave until you know go to the French home, go to Wimbledon, that's it, and come back to the US and make their career out of the, the tournaments, which are all big big tournaments and. And over the years, we've seen them drop off uh, bit by bit by bit by bit. And, you know, to have these good players come through is really regenerating what what is, you know, important, a giant part of the tennis circuit is the U.S. The US circuit. And, and uh, so it's great to see the, you know, the girls doing well and the guys doing well. And, you know, even, um, you know, north of the border, uh, the Canadians doing well. That's that's another good thing. So it's only a good thing. We, we're a bit sick of the Europeans dominating, huh? So... Good on Ash Barty coming through. We like that. Good on uh, Sophia Kennan for coming coming through. So um, you know that's it's really exciting that we have a, a world circuit, not just the European circuit. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of '90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast with special guest Pat Cash. We're catching up with the Australian on what he's been up to over the past few months and who he's working with. Keep listening. I guess I just wanted to continue talking about Brandon a little bit. Um, 
like you said, and properly self-claimed, I mean, you are a name coach. I mean, you have one of the biggest names in tennis, I still think. Still needs a passport, and but yes. <laughs> still needs a passport. <laughs> but um, I just want to know, I mean, you, you did an interview process almost with Brandon, and you researched him. You wanted to get information on him. Is there something that you're looking for or something that you need to kind of go over that step and be like, okay, I do want to work with him. I think there's something there. Is there something you look for? I think, first of all, dedication, motivation. And that's why I was checking with the coach. You know, mum can say whatever she likes. Yeah, he's really keen. Okay, whatever. I want to see it. I want to hear from other people. Um, is he willing to work? Is he willing to listen? And, um, you know, that's important. And, and, and do you want to be as good as you possibly can be? Look, I, look I've got... Ideas. I think I'm, I'm. I think I've got a lot of lot of very good ideas. Uh, I think I've got a general knowledge of having been through so many injuries myself and fitness. And uh, you know, I think a lot of the coaches from the sort of eighties, nineties, where they saw the the change in the game, uh, have have a lot of good knowledge. Guy Ivan Lendl is a classic, you know, example. I think he's, uh, you know, he'd be very good. Lindsay Davenport. You know, these people who almost came from wooden rackets and saw saw all the changes and have the ideas and can see. You know, the, these sorts of things. But, you know, so dedication was really important. Um, but what was interesting is, you know, I was getting messages from, hey, he won this match. Here's the video. Uh, I'm not really interested in winning the matches. I want to see him losing matches. When you're in form, everything looks great. You know, you hit your weakness looks good. You don't make any, make any mistakes. It's when you're losing that I want to see. I want to see that, you know, whatever it happens to be, that shot breaking down. And then I want to ha- make some notes and replay it and, and, and then obviously see it in real life. And... And I think I did that. I did that very, very well with Greg Grzeski rebuilding his serve. Uh, he had a bad toe problem; he couldn't play, and we uh, sort of had to fi- had to fix that. I worked with a biomechanist who worked with me for for many years, rebuilding my career right at the end. Um, though I didn't really get the opportunity to use it that much on the circuit, but I had so many injuries, I had to rebuild my 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 game and my uh, my body and. And I learned so much from that. So I did that with Greg. Uh, I did a little bit with Philip Hussis, though he had amazing natural talent. But we did it with Coco as well. It's, it's sort of, you know, where can, where, what elements can we, can we fix up and tidy up that won't break down under pressure? And that's the bottom line. It just, uh, and, you know, I, I said that to Brendan. I said, mate, in my day, we could get away with stuff. I could serve volley on a quick court and protect my forehand. And Stefan Edberg did that too. Just unbelievable. <laughs> he, was, he was just the, the best. You know that if you hit three balls up high on Stefan Edberg's forehand, that you win the point. Could you get three balls up high on Stefan Edberg's forehand? No chance. He'd be whacking the first one and getting straight in the net, lightning fast, and he'd be hitting the most difficult passing shot there possibly be. You couldn't, and he'd be serve-volleying every ball, uh, even on the clay, and he's so good at it. And same thing with McEnroe. You know, you knew that if you get the ball up high on his backhand or his forehand, you'd, you'd win the point, and... But you couldn't get it up there. And so you can find ways to hide your weaknesses. These days, you cannot. And the, you said to the Brandon, mate, you know, you've got to have everything. Um, not just one thing, but everything. If you have what, something wrong, they'll work you out really quickly. And it was interesting to see his first match here, Vesely, was hitting a certain... He, I said, isn't it amazing that Vesely, when you had that short ball, he ran to that spot every time. He goes, yeah, he did. I said, he's done his homework. He's a professional player. He's probably done the notes. He's probably looked at your matches. He knew where you were going to hit the ball. I said, welcome to the tour. So now you can't hit that ball just there. You've got to be able to hit the ball the other way. So, um, you know, you've got to have everything. And it's, and it's not easy. I mean, we've picked the toughest sport in the world to be 
professionals at. You know, it is the toughest sport in the world, without a doubt. And uh, so you got to try and try and have everything and cover every every aspect, if as well as you possibly can. I can't believe this eighteen-year-old kid is sitting around getting lessons and tips from someone who won Wimbledon. And it's played against like Yvonne Lundell and Stefan. He doesn't even understand. He's 18. He doesn't even understand what this is. He's sort of looking in amazement as, as all the, as the oldies around here. I was trying to say that um, the older fans around here are coming up to me. He's sort of like, what? He's like, who um, is this? Yeah, he was definitely not born. He probably Googled you. He for sure was like, let me Maybe. Google this guy. Maybe. He's probably like, why is he wearing a checkered bandana all the time? Yeah, I don't think he hasn't seen it yet. Oh. He hasn't seen it in real life. So. <laughs> How do you how do you half an hour. how do you explain that fashion statement? Um, yeah, I don't know exactly how to explain it. Um, I suppose a signature look. Yeah, it was something different back in those days. We didn't have bandanas. We just had sort of these headbands. You know, you used to put on, and and they're always one color. Borgs had a bit of a stripe to it, which was I thought was pretty cool. Um, you know, those beautiful filler clothes that were really nicely designed, and and I just thought I'd do something a bit of fun, a bit of rock and roll, get a bandana. Um, I kind of liked. You know, I was, I was a I was a fan of uh, hard rock and rock and roll stuff, and I thought, ah, oh, let's do something a bit of bit bit different. I wasn't going to wear spandex out there on the court, but I got uh, I got a headband anyway. Level of creativity. <laughs> okay, fluoro spandex. So so clearly, you're known as the bandana legend. And what more is there to Pat Cash? What do you do free time? What what are some hobbies that you know the common person probably doesn't know about? Uh well, I, I talked about my music. So music is, is my number one hobby, really, listening to all sorts of stuff, all basically guitar-orientated stuff. So anywhere from blues to hard rock to prog rock to uh, that, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, I don't go any country and western, I've uh, got to be honest, though there are some pretty cool U.S. bands uh, uh, that, that, that do, it, do it really well, sort of bluesy country sort of stuff. Blackberry Smoke is one of them and... Uh, Whiskey Myers is another one. Gee, they're good bands. Fantastic. Anyway, something to check out. Um, but the main, most of my spare time is is done with charity work. So I've I've got several charities that I've, I've funded and uh, work with. Um, again, a lot with kids, children, um, and youth, but not exclusively. Men's Cancer as well is a big charity in um, in the UK that I do stuff with. But um, yeah, I was just reflecting on that. It tends to be gravitating towards towards youth and, and helping uh, young underprivileged kids, um, Indigenous kids in Australia, Aboriginal kids, the very poorest of the poor in the in the in the world. Um, it's hard to believe that you know they could be. When you're looking at Indigenous kids in Australia, you're almost looking at uh, you're thinking of Africa with no, you know, no water, no electricity, that sort of stuff. It's it's most Australians don't even know how bad it is, let alone international people, and how much how much racism is in Australia is, is absolutely phenomenal. It's it's mind boggling. It's breaking down slowly, um, but it's uh, it's 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 quite tragic. Um, and if anybody wants to, yes, actually, you might be able to get a movie soon. I think it's out at the moment, but it's called In My Blood It Runs, which is what my charity. I followed an Indigenous kid for a couple of a couple of years uh, in the Northern Territory in um, Alice Springs. It's called. It's pretty much the middle of the desert um absolutely fascinating so if you want to get a, a, a snapshot into what australian indigenous communities are all about uh, in my blood it runs so hopefully you'll be able to get it on netflix or something soon surely yeah that sounds be, interesting it's, it's, it's really really interesting even though i knew all knew a lot about it, all about it even then it was just like wow and he's one of the lucky kids he was one of the lucky kids who had really good parents 
or grandparents. So uh, yeah, and it's interesting. Anyway, I mean, you have you have the the name and the influence and the ability to, to do anything kind of you want. You even have fifty four thousand Twitter followers. How often do you think about this? I don't, you know, anything you I say? Fifty four thousand. Yeah, How'd I don't you get really. There? I don't, yeah, I've, <laughs> you tweet I've been a lot. constantly. T- no, really, I'm constantly being told of I have to do more. My, what? my son, well, my son was he, yeah, he was a uh, he went to, he went to college in uh, University of Florida. He was a Gator, and he came out with a marketing degree and whatever, and said, "Right, Dad, you got to do this and do that." And I'm like, "Oh, duh, how do you tweet? How do you tweet?" You're like, "I've made so, it already. I'm good." <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you know, but it's. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty poor like that I've got to be honest um, it's not something that really interests me uh, social media to be honest but I know it's a uh, it's a way of the future and, and I think um, um, I think I've got something to offer for, for particularly older people with health and, and that sort of stuff and, and people who are interested in I am I suppose I'm out of the box um, when my thinking and, and it's a bit some people think it's a bit weird but it's um, uh, I do a lot of a lot of researching and re, you know stuff on on, the, on on diet and all that and, and all that sort of stuff and and I've um, yes just come back from a back surgery three just over three months um, I was told I wouldn't be able to play sort of run around properly until about three months but I played the Australian Open Legends after eleven weeks and I really experimented on my on my body and you can go back and have a look through that Instagram a little few things that I did but some of the things that I could that I could do it's the pro players can't do I mean I could take injections of all sorts of stuff and I kind of not dangerous but I could do that sort of stuff uh and just to see you know hey you know I'm old now I can I'm not going to get drug tested not that there's dangerous stuff as I said but I could experiment and oh my god you know I I was just watching my legs grow and my stomach my muscles grow my back muscles grow <laughs> daily maybe it's like holy smoke this is this is amazing no wonder, no wonder, no wonder Lance Armstrong cheated. I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> the miracle of medicine. No wonder it's illegal. <laughs> With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, listeners. This is the Tennis.com podcast with former world number four, Pat Cash. He tells us exactly what he looks for when he starts working with a new player. Keep listening. So you talked a little bit about the crazy things that you did. And you talked a little bit about diet and, you know, being in the gym and stuff. What specifically did you do with your diet if anything did you do the whole vegan trend have you watched game changers i know that that's what everyone's talking about at mm. the moment it's plant-based 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 um just curious what your diet consisted of in those three months that you were rehabbing yeah um well my diet has been um leaning towards a keto- ketogenic diet for for a while but it's not completely fully um i believe in the good oils but it, Look, I'm a meat eater. I've always, I've sort of followed the, uh, it was trend back good 15 years ago, eat right for your blood type. I don't know, you guys probably don't remember that that trend. Basic, based on your blood type and your stomach and your your blood type, you can have certain things that are, that are beneficial towards, to, to you. And uh, A, blood types are uh, a lot of... Um, Orientals or Asian people, uh, that, and that's more vegetarian. And you don't no surprise that that's where the soya milk comes from, and a lot of soya products come from. 
the you know the old saying you used to hear that oh, if you eat a steak it sits in your stomach for three days four days you ever heard that yeah. i mean everybody's heard that one yeah if if you're an a type if you're more lean towards a vegetarian yeah it will sit there because your stomach acid's not it's not going to digest the digest the, the meat but but i don't eat that uh, my meat is going less and less all the time but you know the ketogenic supplements the good ones are really really good so that that'll be in my bottle every time i walk on the tennis court um i think the best company is a company called prove it um, I think they're they're really cutting edge. I'm taking their ketones as we speak, actually. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I th- really do believe that's the way of the future. For every athlete should be taking that. Tell you, there's no no doubts about that. But the only thing is, they don't because they keep changing their their formulas. They don't have um, you know sports informed uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know certificates, so they cannot guarantee though. Having talked to, the, to all the people there, they say they are, our factories are absolutely clean. Would never put anything in there, but we keep adding s- certain things to it that are that are not performance enhancing, not illegal, and our athletes take them. But we cannot put a stamp on it because next month we add something else in it. Um, so mm-hmm. that that's the problem. But I think I believe that they are they are clean, but they cannot hundred percent guarantee it. But uh, yeah, when I was asking someone about it, and I was like, first things first is this legal? Like, am I going to get tested or anything? So we made sure to reach out to the WTA and they sent us a certificate pretty much saying that all is good. You're good to go. Yeah. I just, the stuff I never think about. And now you don't have to either. You're free. Yeah. I could tell you whatever I wanted. Whatever you want. I want to be uh, respectful of your time. So let's finish up here with uh, just a look look ahead. So, you know, you're here with Brandon, but you're not the official coach. You're kind of advising what do you just kind of look with him a little bit or go to the tournament yeah. or go home or what happens next well being a typical aussie uh, i'm on the road a lot um sort of how we grow up grew up so this is my sixth seventh week on the road um i'm pretty keen to get home to see if i still got a girlfriend there um and home is london right? yeah london yep. yeah yeah oh, she might have left um so we'll see if this place is empty or not um but um <laughs> I think it's, this might be funny to you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, we, so we were supposed to be training this week and then implement everything next week in Calgary where he was going to play a tournament. So we'll see if we see if we go that way or not. But, um, you know, the idea was to, to, to make a bit of a game plan for him to follow, um, where, you know, whether we follow that up again with, in future weeks and, and come to some sort of understanding or agreement whether he might disagree and think this guy's nuts uh, and we'll move out or go our own separate ways. Um, hopefully that won't happen. But uh, I like the idea of, of being a consultant for, for various players and I'd, I'd certainly definitely be looking at um, possibly adding, you know, WTA player, which would which would work. It's hard to work with three or four men players you know, or three or four women players, but one of each would, would, uh, would work as the conflict is obviously a conflict. Um, so you know we'll see, but um, you know at the moment he, he's he's very receptive and and um, you know uh, we'll just just see where it, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. The it's name good. is Brandon Nakashima. You know who knows? Eighteen years old. Anything could happen. And the fact that he has you in your corner even for a few weeks is probably going to be so valuable. So it's great. Well, we'll hope so. I mean, as I said, anything can happen. I mean, you know, all you need to do is step the wrong way and you twist an ankle and you're out for six months. It's a That's brutal bleak. sport out there, you know. <laughs> That's just some bleak. Yeah, that is very tough. But we look forward to seeing. I know, (laughs) but I mean, in a sense, though, it's very realistic. It really can happen. Whether it's on the court, I I remember once I just I was going outside, sprained my ankle just walking to my car. 
So yeah. you just never know. But I'm going to knock on wood for Brandon to be okay yeah. <laughs> along with myself. And uh, we look forward to seeing what you can do in his with his career and his game. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, as you said, Roger Federer had never been injured, never gets injured, except he, when he picks his baby out of the bath or something and did his knee. Yeah, <laughs> so isn't that crazy? All that story. thousands and thousands of hours that guy's flown around the court and does his knee. In a, in a, you just never in know. A, yeah. <laughs> It's a crazy sport, and and one of the you know things that I think is, is crazy is the fact that we've got a twelve month ranking. So if you're injured, um, you're out for six months, your ranking's gone. I mean, it's okay for Federer; he's going to get wild cards. But you know, for up and coming player, it just starts getting up there. And we see it all the time. We've seen it, you know, see it in a bunch of players out here playing qualies and just getting back onto the tour again. Um, uh, you know, it's just creeping back into the ATP tour. So. It's a tough sport out there. There's no guarantees, but, um, you know, with the right focus, you you got a chance. With the right Pat Cash in your corner, there's a higher chance. Well, let's see. Let's All right, see. Pat. Well, <laughs> thank you for joining us. I mean, it's been an honor talking with someone who's worked with so many great players and, and was a Wimbledon champion himself. I mean, casually joining the Tennis.com podcast. It's been so great. Nice. Thanks you very much for having me. From the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, this has been the Tennis.com podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay caught up. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every major listening app, as well as tennis.com slash podcasts. You can also see the videos of our episodes on Tennis Channel's YouTube page and tennis.com's Facebook page. We're your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. We'd like to thank our team, editor and audio designer and video editor, Christina Koseva, producers, Alexa March and Sean O'Malley, and executive producers, Shelby Coleman, Kyle Einhorn, and Andy Chu.